who do you think would win a fight? Well, what do you mean? Well, if you and I ever got into like a really serious fight, you know, and the punches started flying, who do you think would win? Well, I think that's pretty obvious. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. The bat is dead. Bury it. Fight back! You coward, fight back! You just started a war. Dark fire will not avail you. Flame of Udun! Never give up. Never surrender. We must fight. You've always run away from a fight. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so. Have not? You have so and you know it. What's up, Who Would Winners, and welcome to episode number 110 of the Who Would Win cast, the podcast that analyzes fictional fights between familiar faces. My name is Steve. Yep, yep. This is Chris. Oh, I like, that's a good one. That's a good one. Thanks. That's, that's, that's referencing the bison, correct? Good job. The sky bison. So, so this episode, we've actually been kind of planning for a while, but not planning for a while. We knew we wanted to do an Avatar-themed episode, but we didn't know what we wanted to do with it. Yeah, because you spent the last like few weeks watching yeah, about, like a mo- about like a month month i'd say yeah and uh i really enjoyed it i'm so glad to hear that i you actually recommended that i watched it like four years ago and i tried and i couldn't get into it and then i got nothing better going on because <laughs> of the quarantine <laughs> so i decided to sit down and watch it it's all on netflix so definitely check it out if you have uh netflix and uh it, it's very for for a kid's show Made in the mid two thousands, uh, anime American style. I think it's a very well uh, written, well developed, fantastic character development, awesome action. I think it's just really um, not really comparable with anything else that was on TV at the time on like Nickelodeon or Disney Channel or Cartoon Network. I completely agree with everything you said. It's just a great show. Yeah, and, and I think if I had to nitpick one thing, and what I'm going to say is completely not fair, and I will completely own that, is that it's just at times I thought it was too kiddish, but for that I have to acknowledge that it was on Nickelodeon. It's rated Y7 probably. Um, but I think, though, it's kind of reminded me of Harry Potter in a sense where as the season went on, it got progressively a little darker, not sure. like Harry Potter dark where, you know, people were, were just murdered in front of you. Because even when people died on the show, like, you didn't see it on camera. It was always off screen. Right, and very few people died. Very few people. I mean, even the big baddie at the end. Oh, well, spoiler. We're going to talk a lot of spoilers in Avatar. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't watched it, either watch it or just stick through. But, I mean, they don't they don't kill uh, Fire Lord Oz- Ozai at the end. You're right. Which is how you make it. They make it seem like he's like the Voldemort of the of the show, or the Darth Vader. Yeah, he's probably more of a Vader. But, but yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. So, and I'm really glad that you uh, that you recommended I watch it. I and I watched it recently too. Actually, it was my third time watching it. And you were watching it also uh, when your son was born. You were watching. I watched the a hospital. ton of episodes in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing better to do, I guess, while yeah. he sleeps. Yeah, exactly. So now you're also currently watching Legend of Korra for the first time. Yes. Because you've never seen that. Right. I, I finished book one. That's as far as I am. Uh, do you want an early review? Sure. I, I like it, but nowhere near as much as uh, Last Airbender. And, like, there are definitely more things about it that annoy me. Okay. And I don't know. I, I don't need... I'll, I want to watch the rest of it before I... You know, have my final thoughts though. We'll have to do an episode too because I've never 
seen that before. Yeah, I mean, if you eventually, if you get to watch it as well, we can do another episode on yeah. The Legend of Korra, maybe. Yeah, I think so. I'd, I'd totally be down for that. I, see, I, I hear that there's a lot of world extending uh, in, in that show. Yeah. Where they take a lot of things that you already learned and kind of either turn on its head or build upon it in ways that people might not necessarily be happy with. I think that's so. fair. Yeah, that's, that's true. So, yeah, so this is going to be an Avatar-themed episode, but a little a little twist on it, too. And uh, and we'll get to what that twist is uh, once we get to that. So, um, Chris, before we get into the episode, I want to uh, do a quick uh, shout-out for a person who left us a review on iTunes. And uh, we'll give that person a uh, fictional background. This comes from listener uh, Emma underscore Smithsonian. And the title of her review is Wonderful Analysis of Every Matchup You Could Imagine. And her review reads, This podcast is great, always a good variety of pop culture icons, and very well researched. Sometimes they even take recommendations of opponents. Keep up the cool content, guys. Five stars. That's a great review. Thank you. So it's a great review. I really, really appreciate that, uh, Emma underscore smithsonian for you leaving us uh, that review and taking some time out of your day to do so so i feel like this is kind of i know we're both thinking it what's that do the things in the smithsonian come alive at night can she tell us oh i want to know i mean i thought those movies were documentaries <laughs> yeah that's how i always tell it yeah ben stiller really worked in all those museums <laughs> exactly and uh the real life teddy roosevelt statue would uh would come alive and and, and walk around at night with uh the cowboys and the Native Americans and everything. Uh, so I was searching online. And oh, good thinking. First thing I typed in was Smithsonian Emma. Emma. Smithsonian Emma, Emma Smithsonian. That makes sense. And I, ca- I came across someone named Emma Gran uh, who works at the National Museum of American History. It's got to be her. I think it's got to be her. And the reason I think it is her is because she said in her episode – Always a good variety of pop culture icons. So if she likes pop culture icons, I'm thinking someone who uh, works at the National know. Museum of American History so you're would appreciate that. She might want to put our podcast in the museum. I think so. Uh, we accept. I'm Thank down for you. that. I think it deserves to be there. Yeah, I'm not asking for a big exhibit. You can just put like a little put a little like MP3 player on a just on a shelf and And just have us playing on it. Yeah. I'd be you totally, it, they press a button. I'd be totally something. fine with that. Yeah. Random clip. So she seems like she's involved in a lot of projects. She's working on a project called the Object Project. If this is really her, now she thinks we like really stalked her online. I mean, just typed in the name. This is just we just read your bio on and the just, National Museum of American History. Yeah, I mean, she develops uh, hands-on uh, experiences for visitors of all ages. She's worked on a lot of different programs: Votes for Women, Meet the Wheel Woman, Crampton, nineteen sixty-one. She's got. The history of live theater programming. She does she does great work here on the National Museum of American History at the Smithsonian. So, Steve, have you been to the National Museum of American History? I have. It's been a long time. Same for me. It's yeah. been too long. I love those museums. Yeah, I've been to D.C. in probably about five years. Probably longer yeah, for you. Longer for me. I, I forget the last. I went up to the uh, to the the National Zoo up there. I okay, would, that must have been a while ago. That's cool. I like that zoo. It's a great zoo. I haven't been to the new uh, African American History Museum. I think that opened in 2016, I okay. believe. Um, so I definitely haven't been there to see that, but I would like to see that also. So, uh, well, thank you very much to Emma underscore Smithsonian for leaving us that review. Um, let's see. Hopefully, maybe this is her. If it's not, we apologize that we stalked you. But hey, the information's right there on the website. Wait, so. wait. You think that 
maybe we're wrong, but also this person listens to our podcast, oh, yeah. so you yeah. have to apologize yeah. to her. I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so if she does listen, she's probably upset that someone already took the name Emma Smithsonian. No, no, they beat me to it. Uh, So thank you so much, uh, Emma underscore Smithsonian, for leaving us uh, a review. Remember, if you want to have a fictional background uh, read live on our show, just leave us a review on iTunes, uh, and we will be happy enough to do that for you. Doesn't have to be five star, like we always say. Just be honest. That's all we want to see is just pure honesty. Uh, Chris, you ready to get into today's episode? I'm ready. I feel before I go into my spiel, though, we have to do a little uh, preface here. Uh, we're, we're, Chris and I are eating popcorn while we're recording, which is really bad yeah, for sound quality. Just a, just a really unprofessional. But it's this popcorn <laughs> recipe that I found using this ingredient called Flavacol. You can buy it on Amazon. And it, it's like the real movie Tastes theater just popcorn. just like a movie theater popcorn. So if you hear it, we apologize. But we are it's late at night. We are divulging just to enjoy a little bit here to get us through. And um, just, just imagine you're just sitting down watching... Watching a little bit of uh, the show we're going to be talking about. Yep. While, while we do this, we'll all sit on our comfy couches and take you take you right in. I like it. Uh, so please remember, if you have any ideas for any future matchups or scenarios, or if you just like to say hello, you can reach us through Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Send us an email at whowouldwincast at gmail dot com, and consider checking out our website www.whowouldwincast.com. dot com. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a rating on iTunes um, so to help us spread the word about our show. And you will get a shout-out live on the show. Chris, what are we talking about today, right now, this moment? We already teased some Avatar. That's right. And I'm going to tell you the rest. It's Avatar and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Two great nickelodeon shows if you are a 90s kid this episode is for you and also you, a 2000s kid well i, I mean if well, you okay, were a 90s, 90s kid, kid who survived into the 2000s and okay. also survived to listen to this podcast yes i thought that was kind of assumed yeah that's true so like you might have watched legends of the hidden temple in your younger days as a teen you picked up uh avatar so we're gonna do uh two avatar characters avatar last airbender characters mm-hmm. participating in legends of the hidden temple Yes, the 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 '90s game show. The '90s game show, and well, I guess we'll also have, we we can also go we, into that. Too. It was a special treat. <laughs> yes, we also watched the Legends of the Hidden Temple movie. Yeah, it was a TV movie, which is on Netflix. Which is for when when you told me it was on Netflix, I was actually very surprised. I don't know why. I just feel like that would some be something that's not on Netflix whatsoever. Well, it is. So I guess. Um, so what is the premise of the show? Legends of the Hidden Temple. Um, so there are six teams of two children each, uh, like 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 teenagers, early teens, early teens. Like yeah, well, there was like an eleven year old. Like I would say, maybe eleven to thirteen. I would I say that's I don't know. maybe fourteen. Sure. Yeah. Um, they compete in th- a series of three challenges to make it to the final uh, challenge of the show, which is to get through Olmec's temple, which is retrieve- a hidden temple, right. Exactly, but it's out in the open. a legendary hidden temple. Right, and they would have to retrieve an artifact and return in three minutes, and they win the prize, which is space camp. Space camp, yeah, right. Maybe or, uh, uh, some roller skates box, or something. Boombox, uh, next quick. It's a '90s. All show. the great, all the great at. commercials from when you were a kid are on this show. Remember, like moon shoes. Moon shoes, yes. So, so we watched. Um, Two episodes, and you can watch them too if you'd like. Well, I'll put the I'll put the the links in the show notes. Uh, they're on YouTube. Uh, two episodes, not the first two episodes, but just two episodes at least. 
They are labeled uh, as if they are the first. Yeah, they are. They're, yeah, they're labeled very misleadingly. It's pretty confusing. I, I actually question your your sourcing of the episodes. Are you sure you're right that they're not? When I looked on on uh, on the Legends of the Hidden Temple wiki, uh, it did not show that those episodes were the first two All right. episodes. Well, those guys are good, so they, they're probably right. So the if you go to the Legends of the Hidden Temple wiki, their stats are fantastic. They have like the time that each team accomplished the tasks in. Like they have so many stats. Somebody went through and took all the time to accomplish all of that. So in in the game, uh, they have to go through different challenges. Usually, the challenges are pretty uh, similar for every game. Like the first one involves some sort of a, uh, a river, or not really a river, but like a water challenge. Yeah, some in some way crossing a little river, a little river, a little body of water. Then they have to go through the the steps of knowledge, where they have to answer questions and move down steps. Um, mm-hmm. And then they move on to another challenge, which usually depends on what the like the item is. Yeah, it's like. There's a theme of each episode. And then whichever team wins that goes into the temple where they have, like you said, three minutes to go through and get the, the, the hidden item. So that's the show, basically. Mm-hmm. It's, and, a, it's a kid's game show. And I'm surprised it only lasted for three seasons because when I was a kid, I remember watching it. So it must have all been reruns because the first season, I think, came out in 93, 94. I think it was 93. 93. So I was only one. So if it ended in 90. I think 95, 95 was the last season of the three seasons. It's 95. So I was wa- I was not watching when I was three years old. No way. So it must have just been intense reruns in the late been. 90s. But I loved it. Oh, I loved watching it, too. The theme song. The, it had like the, I don't even know what it is. Kind of like the yeah. ooh kind of mm-hmm. sound. That was it. <laughs> We're going to get trademark infringement now. But uh, no, I really liked it. Now, going from that to the movie. All right. I remembered hearing that they were making a movie. Did you? I do that remember too? that, and I was actually like, I think similar to you, really excited. Yeah, but then found out a little more. Totally a kids' movie. Didn't really know any of the actors in it. Right. Lost interest. Didn't even know it came out. Right. And then didn't even know it was on Netflix. Yeah. How did you find out it was on Netflix? Well, when I was looking for episodes of the show, I looked on Netflix and found that. Oh, okay. That worked out then. Yeah. So, so the premise of the movie is completely different from the premise of the show. I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't say completely different. Okay. So it exists in a world where the game Legends, the, the TV show game Legends of the Hidden Temple did not exist. Right? I, I'm pretty sure. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. And there's this hidden temple that's not hidden. Actu- so, yeah, there are actual real legends of a hidden temple. In, in some, in some it's, and they made it sound like it was in... South America. South America, perhaps. I mean, the cops had, like, policia and stuff like that yeah. on, the, on their shirts and their cars. And this theme park was built around this hidden temple. Right. right? Hidden, hidden now hidden in, in air in, quotes. In air yeah. quotes, right. And But, like, it raises a lot of questions because part of the theme park is a tour. I'm also putting tour in air quotes <laughs> of the hidden temple because they can't actually go inside. No. They, it is magically sealed. By and a golden pe- force field. And people have gone in there and disappeared like, before. Yes. there Somehow some people got in and were never found. And the park wasn't shut down. Right. So <laughs> what, what we don't understand is why did they build a theme park around a supposedly hidden temple that no one can go inside? Right. Like what else does this park even have? Right. Why would people go to this park? What, what's the draw? Are there rides? It, it didn't show any rides. It didn't rides. show anything else. No. This it kind of reminded me. You ever been to Colonial Williamsburg? Yes. When it kind of like eight years old. Now. Right. Uh, same. It kind of reminds me of that in a way. There's obviously way more to do at a Colonial Williamsburg, 
but I feel like the draw is just to see this older time period. And, you know, it's not like you go to Williamsburg and you're like, ah, oh, some guy uh, got killed by a ghost blacksmith in that barn over there, but we can't get inside kind of thing, you know? I feel like that's kind of how this, this temple was, This how they set up this yeah, kind of Yeah, it was park. super weird. It It would be like if they built, like, a theme park that, like, was around, like, a pyramid in Giza. Yeah. But, like, somehow only, like, one side of it. <laughs> Because like things happen on the other side, the entire that they don't movie, know about the entire movie takes place on the other side of the the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the temple. Yeah, there's like an outdoor, unexplainably outdoor right. part, also protected by a magic force field. Anyway, <laughs> we're getting off track. So here. the tour guide of the park uh, yes. is the same actor. I mean, it's not the same person who uh, was the host of the original show, and he has the same name, Rick. Kirk, Kirk. I always say Kirk. Kirk, Kirk Fogg. Kirk Fogg. And he's like the... the same t- costume. Same exact costume. He looks a little older. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but at first I had to do like a double take because it really didn't look like him, I feel. Um, and he's just the tour guide and he's the one setting up the legends of this hidden yeah, temple He knows all about the legends. He knows all about it. And and we don't know the source of these legends either. Like, how are people so knowledgeable about all this stuff? If no one supposedly has ever been inside, like, he has somehow a detailed map of the temple. Yeah, and then the kids get it. So then there's he this gives fam- it to the kids. Right, he gives it to the kids. So there's this family who goes, and you have an older daughter, two a middle son and a younger son, and somehow they get into the temple mm-hmm. where they find Olmec, mm-hmm. and uh, who's voiced by the same guy, D. Bradley Baker, and uh, they basically have to go through the temple. But the funny thing about it is, I feel like that part of the movie does a really good job of paying homage to the it show. Is so faithful to the show that yeah. actually like eerily so like i wish that m night Shyamalan took that care when he made the last airbender movie because like this movie was made by people who love legends of the hidden temple oh i mean there's references to like blue barracudas all the animals they reference every single animal every single animal the the coins that they had to get in the show for extra life yeah they got those uh and then at the very end uh, I'm sure no one's gonna go watch it. So, mm-hmm. at the very end, the boy has three minutes to go from where he is to the front of the temple and accomplish his his task. And he's wearing the same helmet and the and the pads. They work that into the plot. They work that it, into it the actually plot. Kind of makes sense. Which actually kind of makes sense, surprisingly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like the rooms, the challenges are accurate to rooms of the hidden right, temple. Right. They have game all the, They have all the different rooms. They they one of like and actually like in my opinion, legitimately funny joke in the show is a joke about the monkey statue being yeah. hard to put together. Right. And and in the movie, it took like four hours. They made a four-hour <laughs> yeah. time-lapse joke of that they couldn't put it together, which was very tongue-in-cheek of what it was really like for the show. And that's the one thing I didn't understand about the movie was that, and I kind of talked to you about this off-air, was who was this movie made for? Because it, it's made it, for kids. It is undoubtedly a kid's movie. A, there are kid's absolutely. jokes. There are kid's characters. It is cliché. The, the plot is simple yet confusing, but anytime it's confusing, the kids just tell you what's going on. Yeah. Like, if you're ever like, wait, why does when he sprays the wall with that spray, does it shoot an arrow? The kid will just be like, oh, it must be a trap. When I spray the wall, it shoots an arrow. And then and it does it. it. Right. And, and, it. and it explains it. So you can't, like, knock it for that. I mean, it makes no sense, but at least they explain why it makes no sense. Yeah. But, I mean, it, so it's made for kids, but no kid that was watching right. this the, was around to watch legends of the, the target Temple, age group the of this movie probably didn't see the show right yeah. exactly so someone like you and i who watched it i thought yeah it's kind of silly it's for kids it's kind of dumb at times but when they referenced the show i thought they did a pretty darn good job agree of, of paying homage and, to the and show. if you're if you are a huge legends of the hidden temple fan you will probably enjoy the movie 
I think so. And I would recommend it if you love the, the if, game if show. you love the game show. Yeah, if you love the game show, definitely check it out on Netflix. But so, otherwise, eh. otherwise, <laughs> if but it's only an hour. Yeah, that's so. It. So that was the only reason why I, I kind of decided to watch it with yeah, you. You actually kind of broke my heart a little bit when I said, "Hey, it's on Netflix," and you're like, "Oh, I'm never watching that." But then, but then it was like it was like ten thirty, and you were and you're like, "Do you want to watch it?" And I looked it up, and it only said it was like sixty five minutes, and I was like, "All right, let's watch it. All right, I can I can spare an hour. I can I can stay up till eleven thirty. I'll do it." So, but yeah, so so check it out if you want to see it. So we're going to use that as the basis for our episode. And we're going to have two Avatar characters that are going to go through the game show, not the movie, the game show. And we're going to explain how they would, you know, go through the challenges, how they would use their bending abilities to help them in the challenges. And uh, and then you guys will be able to vote for who you think would win uh, between our two characters. So which character are you going to pick, Chris? Oh, I was so torn between two characters because uh, I already knew who you were going to pick. So yeah. And I think it's a fantastic pick. Thank you. I like uh, this character. So I, I was either I was going to pick Katara mm-hmm. or she's my favorite or character. Aang. I love Katara as Katara's well. Fantastic. I just I'm not sure of the advantage of water bending Be- past the beyond first. the very first challenge of the game. I agree. So that that's really the only reason I was like, oh, I can't justify Katara being a great pick because she'd be amazing at the first challenge. Oh, she would no problem. Which is somehow crossing a body of water. Sometimes it's like rope bridge a boat swimming like it's it's some way of crossing it but and obviously she, she can control water she'd do it very easily right but i'm gonna go with ang and if you want to make it fair i will keep the restriction that i will only airbend i think that's fair okay yeah i'm fine with that uh and i'm gonna go with toff uh the earthbender introduced uh probably about middle uh, of season two so uh, just quick background for, for Aang, just real Aang, quick off Aang the top of your head. Aang is the uh, titular avatar. Yes. He can master all four elements and bridge the gap between the, uh, the, the what do they call it? The spirit world. What's the other world? The human world? The real world. Yeah. I don't think they call it the real world. <laughs> the the regular world. The regular world. They, there must be a name for it. I'm just slipping my mind. And the spirit world. That's, an, that's a special avatar thing. Not, doesn't doesn't not really that, apply to the game yeah, show. Not but that no, important. right. That's what he does. And, and he um, has to... Uh, He's a he's a twelve year old kid, but he was frozen for a hundred years, so he's actually like a hundred and twelve when the show takes place. Right. Depending how you think about age, it's kinda interesting. Um he's he's pretty happy go lucky. Once typical typical twelve year old, likes likes fun and games, but also has the weight of saving the world on his shoulders, so the, it weighs heavy the on Fire his Nation, soul. who's basically uh, the Nazis. Yeah. The Empire. Just taken over. But he was uh he was born into the uh, Arrow Nomad tribe, which uh, he was trained in airbending. Uh, and he's the so last he's airbender. He is because they got wiped out. They got genocided, and he was frozen when it happened. So right, so he kind of dodged that, that bullet. Yep, or dodged that fireball. Flame. <laughs> <laughs> um, airbending is a very uh, like peaceful style, um, kind of kind of flowing ish. Like like that's like more of a water bending thing. But I think air shares some traits of that. Uh, they they borrow a lot of like the t- Tibetan Buddhist uh, philosophy. Super cool reincarnation that kind of goes with all the elements, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he's like has the he's the happy go lucky kid, but he's also a calm, generally Buddhist type uh, type person. And, uh, very very quick, very agile. S- speed is focused on with air with air bending. I mean, not necessarily, but he's he's fast. He's agile, quick. Right think all these things will help him and uh we'll talk more when i get into the challenges i like it do you think i missed anything important about ang um uh, i mean there's so much you can get into or but... as m night Shyamalan would call him oh 
<laughs> why? We'll never know. He actually did say why. He why? he felt that like that name would actually be, if in that part of the world that name would be pronounced like that. Cool. I know. <laughs> Thanks, M Night Shyamalan. Like it's so funny because I read a really good article where like that was the thing he focused on. Like that was somehow important to him. Like the pronunciation of names based on the part of the world it was in. But the movie is also heavily criticized for for white, its deviation for from whitewashing. Uh, well, yeah, and that's true. Yeah, you're right. So like. Anyway, that's a that's a topic for later, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I'm gonna go with um, like I said, Toph. Uh, Toph is uh, an Earthbender from the Earth Kingdom, and she uh, probably one of her uh, besides being the best Earthbender, she's probably most remembered for that she's blind, and she sees with her feet, and that's how she's able to go around. She doesn't wear shoes, and uh, she's the one who teaches Aang how to be. Uh, and an earthbender to learn to learn that art style and uh her parents were very reserved with her they kind of didn't want her to they were afraid to let her go out into the world because of her disability they thought that that would um, be a hindrance on her and it would hurt her and it would limit her but in reality by them doing that it only harmed her and she was like no like i need to go out into the world and 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 be myself and be who i want to be she's extremely capable oh my gosh she can hold her own to to ang when it comes to earthbending um fire nation soldiers uh i mean she's fantastic we actually meet her because she's like competing in an underground wrestling ring yeah or, super well, cool not wrestling yeah. earth bending wrestling right it's like the wwe yeah of uh of the earth uh, the there earth literally Kingdom. is a character called the boulder who's yeah, kind of a like, parody of like the, the rock. rock yeah exactly oh, and yeah. then that also kind of goes with earth boulder yeah. you know in a way um so so yeah i mean she goes through the whole the whole show um and she's along the journey and she's there to help him and I think her earthbending abilities will definitely come to assist her in the Hidden Temple challenges. So, so like we mentioned, we have the first challenge, which involves some sort of water. So, like, the first challenge in the show, they have that little water passage that they have yeah, to complete. What would you say? Maybe 20, 30 feet? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say that. All right. Yeah. So, the very it's, it's always slightly different. Um do you want to go with a variation where they're they're pulling the the um they're on a small wooden raft and they pull it across on a rope? Yeah, that works. Okay, because that's that's actually what happened in the movie as well. So I guess they consider that the canonical example <laughs> of, of the, the the water crossing the water crossing challenge. Yeah. yeah. So so um, so Ang, uh, he he's not going to be great at it, but he's not going to be bad. So there's at this point there's six teams and he only has to make top four. Okay. And there's probably going to be as long as he's not on purple parrots. There's going to be they're going to. They're, he's going to beat the Purple Parrots. The Purple Parrots <laughs> always lose. And they get killed in the movie. Right? Isn't that what happens? Yeah, the it's the parrot, only like, animal that dies in the like movie. It flies into like an invisible shield or something. And then just, like, and then just pops. pops into a purple explosion of feathers. Um, yeah, so he could potentially use air to help propel the the raft by shooting the air behind him. Similar to the... Uh, well, that's earthbending, actually, in the show. I was going to say, like, the guys who propel those sand things. Right. But they earthbend to do that. But theoretically, you could just shoot air behind you, and it would move you forward. That's true. Um, are, are we at a team of two, by the way? Are we saying we just have, like, a, I, I, a I, random partner? Or? I was just going to say our own team. Just by himself. Yeah, okay, that's ourselves. fine. <laughs> I mean, he's not, he's not particularly strong. He's kind of a weaker kid, but... He's kind of bony. Yeah, I, I think... Um, I think he's going to, just because he's determined and has a lot of grit, he's going to do well enough to come in top four. 
Okay. It's probably uh, not going to be. All, a, that's all you need. It's probably not going to be a top one or two finish on this. Right. You just that, and that's the that's that is really important to remember. You just need to be in the top four to move to move on to the next challenge. I think Toph, what she's going to do is because you start on land before you go into your boat. True. So I think while her feet are on land, what she's going to do is she's going to earth bend, um, kind of like a um, the the earth below the water up a little bit. And when she gets in the boat, she's going to kind of uh, touch the earth that she's brought up behind her, and she's going to use that to propel her forward uh, on the boat. So it's going to be kind of like um, the earth is, as she's moving forward, the earth beneath her is going to be coming up, and by that happening, it's going to be pushing her forward. So are you going to be earth bending the earth behind you the whole way? Yeah. Uh, so so I'm going so to be using my contact with the earth be- behind me to help raise the earth that's below me because the earth that's behind me is touching the earth that's below me because she has to touch earth. Yeah, I get it. I just don't really like it. I think the rules are you got to pull yourself with the rope. Well, she can still have one hand on the rope. I mean, if you're using the, you know, pushing yourself with with air, you know, all right. I mean, if we're doing bending, we're going to have to say we're using it. You know, (laughs) this is just my, this is Toss' biggest weakness in the whole show. And I need to like play it up that like, that's true on water. You can't really do much. Yeah, that's, I mean, and she that's loses true. her ability to see, to sense with her feet when she's on the water. But she can see with her hands, though, too. It's not just her feet. Wait, well, with, with your plan that she can just bring the earth behind her. But she's, but it's so it's it's really hard for me. I feel like to explain it. Uh, Is it just like a audio. column of earth following her boat? It's like beneath her, and it's kind of like it's like kind of growing with her as she mm-hmm. goes as I, she goes I, along. I think I get it. Yeah. Is it just behind your boat, or is this going to be like pushing everyone else? Too? Oh no, just behind my boat. I'm not helping you. No, not at all. I mean, you already have airbending. So so she's doing that. She has one hand on the rope, and she's kind of just pulling it as she's going along. And the other hand's on the on the earth behind her, and it's and it's helping her uh, go forward until she gets to the very end. And then she gets off. And she, once she's on the land, she's fine. She'll be able to see where the button is because she can see with her feet, and she'll tap the button, and then she'll uh, she'll be good. So same thing. Maybe not uh, number one, but um, that'll probably be like a green monkey or a, a red jaguar or a silver snake. But uh, hopefully within a top four. Uh, I think placing. if you do if you do that, if that strategy works, you're going to win. Like that's going to be so fast. I mean, it would be. Uh, and and like we're saying, like we're allowing like bending. So like I wouldn't say that any any other teams would like cons- like. Yeah, I just feel like you're changing the course a lot. And if if you're going to be able to do that much, then like you might as well just like bend yourself a bridge or something. So I was thinking of that because uh, she could just have a land bridge just raise up right before she gets in the boat. But since the challenge is to, to take a boat across, if you said the challenge was going to be for her to use her arms to uh, pull herself uh, across like a, like a rope, like hanging on kind of like monkey bar style, then I would say, all right, she'll build a bridge. She'll still do it, but she's her feet's on the land. So she'll, she'll be fine there. All right. I don't love it, but I'm sorry. I don't get to vote. Well, I do, but only once. <laughs> so I just got to convince the voters that that's it's kind yeah. of a shady tactic to manipulate the course that much. I mean, sorry. Okay. That's what she's going to have to do to help her uh, get across there. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. So we'll say that she, b- both of ours, um, Ang and Toph, make it through the final, f- the first final four. Uh, the purple parrots probably lose, and <laughs> I don't know the orange iguanas. Sure. Yeah. Possibly. Um, so now we go to the steps of knowledge. Or the stairs of knowledge, steps of knowledge, steps of knowledge, which is also in the movie. And this is going to get us to a final two. This is going to get us to the final two, which we're assuming is going to be Toph and Toph and Aang. It's going to be spoiler alert. Yeah. 
So this is where uh, Olmec uh, asks, or he tells a tale, some kind of a story mm -hmm. involving the theme of that episode. Like the one that we watched had to do with Galileo. Yes. And um, they told a story about Galileo and gravity. Dropping a cannonball off the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Pisa. Right, exactly. And how the two items fell at the same time and different weights and whatnot. But gravity brought them down. Um, and then the kids had to answer questions based on that tale. So what we're going to do for this part is we're going to ask each other Avatar trivia questions. Uh, and we'll see how well we uh, how well we can do with that. Before we do that, do you have any comments on how your character would do on a trivia contest? Because admittedly, I don't. I also don't th know how Aang would do. He's so he I potentially think... could be easily distracted during the story and so that part. So that's what I was going to say. Aang wouldn't pay attention, and he'd be too busy like waving to the cameras or uh, you know looking at the audience. There's a cute girl or something. He's like waving tongue in cheek. You know they got the red face going. Toph would pay complete attention because she would be like super serious and she would know how. Um, you know how she has to focus and know exactly what's going on in order to get through this challenge. So I think that's what she would do. She would, even though you wouldn't see it with her eyes, she would be focused, laser focused on the story. But if you did get a question wrong, she would probably get so mad she would attack the host and you'd probably be kicked off the show. So she would stomp her feet. Kirk Fogg would be like launched up in the air with like some kind of like uh, earth catapult underneath her. Um, and then what she would also do if she got another one wrong she would then make all the other steps that all the other opponents were on, like sink like 30 feet down into the ground where it was just her. And then she would just walk down and be like, well, I'm the last one. So that's what I'm going to do. Absolutely right. But then she would also not be allowed to do that. So, all right. So you want to do some, uh, some avatar trivia and see how we would, uh, we would get yeah, through. Yeah, you have some trivia. So these questions, I feel like they probably should be pretty, pretty uh, straightforward for you. But listeners at home, play along if you would like. Uh, Chris, in the introduction to every episode of Avatar The Last Airbender, Katara says, everything changed when blank. The Fire Nation attacked. That is correct. Well done, sir. Well done. Uh, it's not, it is correct. I should have gave the listeners right. a second. Sorry. I... That, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, how much time did Aang spend underwater where the Fire Nation armies couldn't find him, leaving the world without an avatar to guide it? Oh, actually, yeah. Much like Olmec's story, I said that in the in the beginning. You did. So if uh, the listeners are paying attention, they already know it's 100 years. That is correct. Well nice done. round number. Yeah, it fits well for the show. And then you can be like, all right, well, now he's 112. He was Makes 12. all the math easy. So super Andy. Which element did Aang initially refuse to bend? Uh, that would be fire. You are correct. Yes, well done. He did not want to bend fire. So on the show... The Legend of the Temple show would be, I think, three or four questions to get to the bottom. I believe you had to get three, and then you'd be good. Three, and then you get to the bottom. I mean, you're doing pretty good so far. I mean, you're definitely going to get to the bottom. Do you want some uh, Avatar trivia that is not necessarily in the show, but trivia related to the show? Sure. Do I have to get it right? No, this is just for funsies. Oh, okay. Um, do you know what show the creator, Michael DiMartino, worked on before Avatar The Last Airbender? I do not. He worked on Family Guy. Really? Yep. Huh. Do you know what mode of transportation all three seasons of the show open on? All three oh, books of I the show? Oh, I did know this. Isn't it? Uh, oh, it's on. Oh, wow. Is it a boat? It is a boat. Yeah. I was going to say Appa, but you don't see Appa at the initial beginning of the first episode. Yeah, because the first episode, it shows Katara and um, Sokka fishing. Oh, this is, this, is a, this is really obscure. I didn't know this. I'm reading it right now. Do you... Do you know? Did you know the character of Admiral Zhao, kind of the um, antagonist of Book One? Yeah, he was based on 
a character from the movie The Patriot. Oh, and he was voiced by the same guy who acted, who played that guy. He was? Yeah. Oh, I see that now later on. Yeah. That's, uh, Do you remember the, that character's it's name? the guy who plays, oh, in The Patriot? Yeah. No. William Tavington? Oh. I just remember he plays Lucius um, Malfoy in Harry Potter. Oh, I didn't know that. That's Malfoy's dad. What's his name? Does it, does it have it? Oh, the, act, the actor's name? Yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. Yes, Jason Isaacs. Which I didn't know he voiced Admiral Zhao until I was done the series, and I was just reading some other things about it, and it said that he was one of the voice actors, and I said, wow, I didn't even realize that. Uh, since I previously talked about The Boulder, do you know who the voice actor was for The Boulder? I would love it to be The Rock, but I know it's not. It's not, but he, he is a WWE wrestler, and he based it on The Rock. Okay. he was They were friends. Oh, cool. Uh, Mick Foley. Oh, okay. Here's here's a one I think you know. Do you know who the voice actor of Fire Lord Ozai is? Oh, yes, I do. The great Mark Hamill. And he does a great job. He does do a fantastic job. And at first, I didn't even notice that that was him until... I forget someone told me that it was Mark Hamill and that just completely fits with Mark Hamill's personality. I mean, he, he loves a, he loves doing voice acting B he loves playing villains, which is really funny just cause he's Luke Skywalker. Um, you know, he got Joker and, and whatnot. I think he was in like the flash TV show, the new one. And I think he was in the original flash TV show. He played a villain. Uh, so for him to voice the evil, Basically, like the Darth Vader of uh, the Avatar: The Last Airbender series, I think is really uh, poetic in a way for him to do that, and he does a great job. Does a complete yeah, great that, job. Is, that is a really good point. Yeah, so we'll say that we both get down the steps of knowledge, right? We both we both know some Avatar uh, trivia. Yeah, this is these two first challenges are just the warm up, right? The... Exactly, because now we get to the to the actual hidden temple. Well, there is the third challenge where now so now it's two v two. Oh, that's right, but. If one of us wins this one, then we won't get to compete in the temple. So we'll, we'll just say that each of us gets to compete in the temple and the team with the best. Uh, I think that's what we have to do, especially because the third challenge is like specific to the show. Like it's not always the same. Whatever the theme is yeah. of that episode, right? Because like the one we watched with uh, the Newtons, they had to. I think they had to climb up a tower of Pisa and drop out a uh, bowling or yeah, uh, a big rock, a big rock or like a cannonball. I think. Yeah, they so had to drop out there. Be super good at earth bending the rock up there. Angle just shoot it up with some air. Exactly. We both we, we both moved through, so now we're at the the hidden temple. So this is where where things will get interesting. All right. So we have the layout here uh, in front of us. Of uh, well, we should uh, say one version. One of the layout, exactly. It looks like it could change. Yeah, it seems in different episodes they had different layouts, um, and I think it was so that way different rooms were utilized, and they wouldn't go through the, just the exact same path every time. Because certain rooms were like locked. Uh, you'd get there, you'd waste all your time to get there, and you yeah. found out you couldn't continue on um so another thing we're going to have to also address is how would we handle the temple guards which yeah. are also uh in there also this actually i feel is one of Toph's biggest advantages i, I was going to say this is probably my biggest advantage so all right so and i'll include a picture of this in the show notes so that way you can get get a more visual idea of what's going on with the temple but if you watch the show it's basically um it's basically a maze uh in a sense it's a series of interconnected rooms you don't know which doors are going to be locked which ones will open some of the rooms have a specific challenge to them to help you get to the next room mm -hmm. um some you have to climb some you have to slide down something uh some of them like you said challenges they could be puzzles or so you let's just pick a few iconic rooms that people might remember from their childhood and uh we can say how we do in those rooms okay um so uh the i'm going to start with the bit of despair perfect <clears throat> excuse me so the pit of despair is um a two-story room 
or it's the size of two stories, right. but it takes only, up the whole takes yeah. up the whole the whole the whole height. And uh, there's various uh, areas for you to grab and climb on to move your way up, kind of like a rock climbing wall in a sense, but a little bigger mm-hmm. areas to hold on to. And the bottom, which is like the pit, I believe it is it sand, something like that. It didn't quite Some look like, like sand, but it's like uh, that kind of. Uh, it might have been a bunch of foam blocks. Bunch of like... foam blocks. All right. Well, she can't bend uh, foam blocks <laughs> for sure. I actually would give this room to Ang. My initial thoughts are Ang. Basically, Ang's overall agility and quickness will help him in most rooms. Okay. But in this one in particular, because it's o- wide open, he can basically like shoot himself up in the air to get to the high door. He can swing quickly to get down to the low door. That's true. He's light of foot enough that he won't sink too much. Mm-hmm. And, and in the in the foam mm-hmm. part. And the fact that the floor isn't solid, Toph will lose some of her sense of direction. She had a little trouble in, this, in the desert. She did mention later in the series that she's been practicing sandbending. Yes. But... I still think it's not a it's not as not uh, comfortable for her as a solid ground. So I think what she would do is you're right. She wouldn't have uh, as an easy time as Ang would, and she, not being able to touch the floor directly with her feet would be a disadvantage. However, I think she would move quickly to find uh, the perimeter of the room. Good point. And you by can touch the walls, touch, so she's touching the walls uh, with her hands, and by doing that, she'd be able to sense where the door is, which is up high. So she has to either climb her way up, or what I think she There's would do. There's multiple doors. You don't actually know. Oh, that's true. There's that's, one up that's high. That's the other one tricky on the thing with this. We won't know what doors are locked. Right, because we could go in a way, and then it's locked, and then yeah. the temple guard grabs us. So I think that she would um, use the, her earthbending powers to have pieces of the wall like come out, and she would use them as like steps, and she would make her own stairs to go where she believes she needs to go. And the reason I think she she would have probably the best way of knowing where to go, because since she can like see with the ground, she can see things that are very far away with the ground, like using her her abilities she's able to sense objects and people that are not near if i'm not mistaken i agree with that but i don't think you'll be able to see which doors are locked no but i think she would know where the item is well they tell you which they tell you what room oh yeah that's true too all right. Uh, your biggest advantage is knowing where the temple guards. Well, that's are. what She's I was also be able to sense. That. So that's what I was going to get to also. So because the temple guards, did they tend to be in areas that were locked, or I, also in areas that you'd have to go by, and then you'd have to use a life it's, or it's, you'd get kidnapped? I'm not sure if it was random. It does kind of seem like it's rooms you have to go through. Because it, it seemed to me, and I don't know all the rules of Legends of the Hidden Temple, that in any room you're in, you came from a room, and there'll be a guaranteed one other exit there there might be some that are locked and, and one that's not okay so like you might not actually have like that many choices of the path once you find out the correct unlocked path and i think it seems like it takes you through a temple guard so if you don't have a uh, the medallion i think you're just done for so if you if you see a temple guard it's automatically you lose your health or you get like kidnapped right that's how it works in the game show. So, so I'm not I'm not trying to go with like she can't see the temple guard. I'm not trying to say that. But what I'm saying is, um, if she knows where they're going to be before she gets there, she could possibly have a stone wall go oh, up and go up in front of them, just prevent them from just opening pre- their door. Prevent them from opening their door. Exactly. And now she's like, all right, well, now I don't have to deal with that. So uh, there we That's go. That's pretty smart. Either avoid them or just lock them in. Right. Exactly. I think. 
that's what she would do because she would know where they are because she could sense where they are. And I think since they tend to be sporadically placed in areas that you may have to go through, she might use that as, okay, this is the path I need to go then in order to get to the room, which I know where the item is because they tell you, like you said, in the, in the beginning. That's a pretty good call, Steve. So I think that she would not uh, have to worry about the temple guards. She okay. wouldn't have to worry about that at all. How would Aang deal with the temple guards? I, I think that's kind of Aang's um, biggest weakness. I think he's going to be generally quicker than you in most rooms, but might get unlucky with the temple guards. He'd have a life or two or a hundred since he's least... lived for 112 years. <laughs> hopefully at least one. Right. And then I just got to cross my fingers. I don't run into another guard. Um, can we talk about some uh, some more rooms? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You want to pick the next one? Yeah, let's do. Um, let's see. Let's do. The, let's do a classic. Yes, the we shrine can't. of the silver monkey. We couldn't skip this one. No, the shrine of the silver monkey. So it's this room, and like we mentioned in the movie, uh, it's you have to. It's three pieces. It's uh, legs, torso, head, of a silver monkey. Yep. You have to just put it together. Yep. And it's pretty obvious it seems there's of, not many possibilities there's not many possibilities but just like in the movie the kids on the show would always have a really tough time with this so how do you think ang would go about doing this uh i think i think ang would just be so two possibilities he would mm, hopefully be able to rely on his uh his monk teachings to stay calm mm-hmm. which i think is basically the reason the kids have trouble they they're they have high adrenaline they're racing through the temple the clock is running they just panic yeah. and you're not thinking straight right so hopefully he would keep his patience and could realize you know i put the base i have to notice where the tail is so it's the back um the next piece has a clear stomach so you know it's the front line that up next piece it's a head you know which is the front gets them all on hopefully he he might also panic i mean he he's not immune to it he's 12 years old i think i'm gonna i'm gonna help you out a little bit here i think not that you need it but i think he would also too he would just use his airbending just like to kind of spin it around he potentially could just whip them all off the walls very quickly and get them on yeah i feel like like if he doesn't have one possibility done correctly just real quick and then another one and then just keep trying i mean there's only so many with those three stacked right. properly, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a pyramid. It goes from big to medium to smaller as you go up. So you would know if you had it in the wrong order originally. You for, should. For for Toph, I think this one, this is going to be really, really tough for her. I, I was wondering what you were going to think because, I mean, I, I, think, I think she can see the piece. Like, she can use her senses to know the general shape of the piece. Right. But I think there's another like element of spatial awareness in a puzzle. Yes. That might not translate as well for her. I, like, I completely agree. I think she would understand the size of the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that she would have a difficult time just physically putting it together because she can't actually see it. Because like you said, you have to have that spatial awareness to actually see what it is now she might be able to feel it and be like all right this feels like a leg and this is like a tail okay that's the back and then here's an arm maybe that's yeah. in the front i have no doubt she will do it yeah i just don't think she can do it super fast correct i think ang would definitely that would be his advantage he would he would uh he would take that no problem whatsoever so i in fairness i think the first two rooms we did are the two that i identified that ang has an advantage in okay i don't know if ang has an advantage in any other room partially because you can just move the ground under you for most of like a, a lot of the other rooms are just about traversing through it. Right. There's exactly. one where you just ride an elevator. 
you can yeah. shoot yourself up potentially and can shoot himself up as well with air right um let's let's pick another room you want to pick a room uh those are the two i remember yeah those are like the um, famous rooms so like the torch room <laughs> this is funny because we were laughing at the host because he narrates the kids going through the rooms and both episodes we saw, he clearly forgot what this room was called and oh, kind of made it up. He had no idea. He was like, the room with the four torches. Yeah, that's is... what he called it. And the Wikipedia calls it the room of three torches. <laughs> In the second episode, he just called it the torch room. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't even know now. So I think you have to pull. The, you have to do something with the torches, like pull on them, and one of them will open the door. So you have to, you have to grab a torch and find the correct torch holder. Oh, okay. So the torch goes into one of those three. So this is another thing where um, she, Toph might have another hard time because she'd have to she would know where it is, but it's also that spatial awareness to get up there and to grab it, um, and then she would know where the three uh, torch holders are. But then she'd have to. That's just the luck of the draw at that point to guess, unless yeah. she can somehow unless, see with her feet. Unless there is a mechanism in the thing. right, yeah. which I mean I think it's safe to assume so, that there is. Yeah, the question is: Is there a button in everyone, and then? It's controlled like kind of like with software where she'd have no way to know which button actually opens the door. Right. Or does only one of them have a, a like a physical switch that opens the door? And she would, then be, she able would to, be able to see. Absolutely. She'd be able to, to sense that no problem whatsoever. What, what would we, just, we just don't know enough about the Legends of the Temple. <laughs> we need the set designer, the puzzle designer. Oh, my God. We have to get them on here. I mean, we, I mean, we we tried doing some of our homework. I mean, we watched what we could on YouTube, but uh, you can only uh, you can only go so far. Uh, Ang would Ang couldn't really have a strategy for that. I mean, he'd just have to play it like a normal kid, grab a torch and guess. But he would have so much fun. Like Ang would be the oh, this, perfect. This is like his dream. Absolutely, yeah. I think Toph Toph would be doing it just for the prize. Like if it was a uh, really good yeah. prize, and she, she's competitive and she wanted she would want to beat Ang. Yeah, yeah, but she wouldn't be the type of person who would be doing it for like the the fun like mm-hmm. Ang is having. Ang's just living it up. He's having a great time. So I mean, some of them like there's one room where you just sit in a chair and like maybe a door opens or maybe a temple guard grabs maybe you. The, maybe the throne room. The throne room. Yeah, yeah the throne room. Like that. I kind of remember that one, but that's not that special. There's um. There's one room with a sundial where you have to like turn it and it opens the door. Let's see the the room uh, the observatory maybe. I think it's the observatory. Yeah. Is that it? I think we could both like Ang would shoot an air at it to shoot it, and you could just turn it. I would just yeah, I would just completely turn it um, with it being in front of me there. Uh, they also have the swamp. What was the, I don't remember the swamp. So the swamp, uh, it was just oh okay. Uh, you had to walk through packing peanuts, <laughs> uh, representing murky water. Uh, so that could, that actually could have worked for Katara if she was still uh, participating. Yeah, and I think in episode two this was the spider room, so it wasn't in episode. Oh, uh, okay. Um, t- uh, a temple guard would hide under the packing peanuts and surprise Ooh. the contestant there. Exactly. So that's an instance where where um, Toph would know that he was there, yeah, sure. and, and she would do something to cover him. Like you know how she does her like super cool rock tents. Yeah. Like she would do something she like would that. Rock tent him. She would rock tent him to block him in, so that way he uh, he couldn't get out. Uh, it was also called the Treacherous Swamp. That was probably just because Kirk Fogg forgot the name of it and called it that. <laughs> They're in the, uh, the, the Treacherous Swamp. They're in the <laughs> the murky waters. They're, uh, yeah. What is uh, the Room of the Golden Idols? Let's check that one. I, I remember them calling it that, and I, I don't remember what you do in that room. Uh, so uh, hug one of the three idols and thrust them down. This was never performed. Every team that moved through the room simply hit an, uh, 
actuator to head to one of the adjoining rooms. I don't get it. So it looks like so you were supposed to hug one of the items, one of the idols, and then like pull them down off of their oh. their um, pedestal, it seems. But for some reason, it was never done. And instead, they would hit some kind of button <laughs> that would just let them go to the next room. All right. That's a weird room. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, really weird room. It's a silly room. Let's move know, on. I don't know why they would have done something like that. Kind of weird. It's kind of like body uh, slamming the idol down to the ground. There's oh, that's the mine shaft. That's the one with so the um. You got to ride elevator. that slow elevator. It just which saps is super your time. slow. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And you only have three minutes. Which goes by pretty quick. Like there's a lot of rooms to get through. Especially because um, yeah, there's a lot of rooms to get through. And then if you get taken by, the, excuse me, if you get taken by the temple guards, right? Then and your uh, teammate would have to run in, and we don't have teammates but, here, so right, it's only on us. Um. We'll do uh, we'll do a couple more and then um, we'll start wrapping it up. So, what is uh, um, the tomb of the ancient kings? Tomb of the ancient kings. I think there was one with like a tomb and you had to open it or something. Let us know. So we got the tomb of uh, the ancient kings. It was uh, six golden doors and a coffin in the center, and whoever enters had to find a key in the coffin to open the door into the next room, which could be a whole bunch of different rooms. Um, or they could bust through the wall if it was possible for it to be destroyed. So, oh, so Toph could do that. So she could. So oh my god. So she. So going in there, she could destroy it, no problem. Also, she could sense that there was a key in yeah, the room, yeah. and she would know where that is, and then she would know that she has to grab that quickly. Um, I feel like Ang. He'd probably be confused in this room. Like he'd be like, "What do I have to do? What? There's a door. There's three columns." Yeah, I don't. I don't know two. how good of a description Kirk Fogg gave of the of rooms. He like goes over them so fast. Yeah, yeah, Ang. I mean, he could potentially just shoot air at the the soft wall, but I don't think that buys him that much time. You still have to run through. Right. Exactly. He basically has to play this room pretty normal. And and just have a great time, like he yeah. would, <laughs> like he would on the, like any other kid. All right, let's look at one more. Uh, we can do the cave of size or the room of the three gargoyles. Your call, Steve. All right, we'll do the room of the three gargoyles. So uh, it was uh, you'd enter the room and you have to push the correct tongue of one of the three gargoyles, uh, and whichever one you press correctly, that would open the door. Um, pretty so pretty simple. Like if you hit one, didn't open, go to the, go to the next gargoyle. Hit that tongue, didn't open, go to the third one. You'd, you'd eventually be able to get in. So it's just random guessing at that point. With Legends of the Hidden Temple, there's really no strategy. I feel. I mean, it, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't think so either. Cook Fog asks the team, asks the kids what their strategy <laughs> is, and their strategies are always like, I'm just gonna go through the rooms and do this. And he's like, Oh, you're gonna go and go high or low? And like Kirk knows it doesn't matter. No. He knows, like, a door's locked. you got to go the other way. You, the kid, You don't have that much choice. He was probably hoping the kids wouldn't say, like, the room's names because he'd be like, oh, crap, I don't know which one they're talking about. <laughs> I just call that one the room of the, the spiky thorns. Yeah, I feel like they'd have the, – the kid. The kids sounded like uh, Ricky Bobby. They were just like, I just want to go fast. I'm just going to go fast, and uh, I'm going to go fast, and I'm going to come out, and I'm going to win. The, first, the episodes we saw, the kids were very subdued, like – Almost like they were on like some type of like relaxation drugs. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, yeah. Like they were like not there. I feel like they were just, yeah, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> we're gonna go there. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, so yeah, so that's that's the room of the three gargoyles. So there's so many different rooms for this temple and all the different temples that they have in this show. There's so many different types of challenges that you can see them go through. There are some that are in pretty much every single one, like the uh, the Shrine of the Silver Monkey was pretty consistent. I don't consistent. think they changed the Pit of Despair. The Pit of Despair was pretty consistent. They may have changed like the door access to it where the right, doors right. were located. Right. But those were those were pretty um pretty pretty standard throughout the the whole show. So um hopefully if we have any uh listeners our age, um you are like, oh man, I love this show, completely forgot about this show. It was it was a it was a fun show. I, I really I, I, really I really liked it. Now you told me that you actually had one of the shirts when you were in high school, correct? Yeah, in high school I found some website that sold them, so I got um myself a silver snake shirt because that was my favorite team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got Nicole a green monkey shirt. Nice. She likes green. It was green monkeys, right? That is uh, the, yeah. the green monkeys. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. That'd be a great Halloween cost. I think we talked about that, didn't you? Oh, we we, we that? were Someone saying like, that like, like a, fog, a, Kirk, a, Kirk a Kirk Kirk costume would be like very doable. Yes, because it's like well, it's like, well, it's like a button shirt, but, sh- button, shorts, sh- and then shorts, and then like you need that little like fanny pack thing on the side. Yeah, and then that's it. Yeah, and I was and saying a microphone. Yeah. I feel like you also look like Jeff Probst when you do that costume, though. It's yeah, going to be hard to differentiate. Oh, yeah, we were making jokes that this was Jeff Probst, the younger brother who wasn't yeah. successful, so yeah. they just gave him uh, <laughs> basically this show right there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's it's super funny. And and, and kind of leave off, too, is that um, that new streaming service, Quibi, I think it's called. Yeah. They're going to do uh, a new version of Legends of the Hidden Temple. Which I'm so sad that it's on Quibi because, like, I'm not – interested in quibi at all no me neither but i would watch an episode of legends of the hidden temple now quibi is like short episodes right it is literally a abbreviated like the name quibi comes from a quick bite oh okay yes the target audience is like you got 15 minutes to watch something in a car maybe right i mean if they cut out a challenge that i mean the show is like 20 minutes yeah, it's, it's, so. it moves quick yeah it really does it really does and so does the movie <laughs> i felt anyway it did yep yeah uh so uh so that there, there we go for uh avatar characters going through legends of the hidden temple you have uh ang the titular character of avatar going against toff an airbender and an earthbender both bringing their different abilities to going through uh this temple if you had the opportunity Today as an adult, would you go on Legends of the Hidden Temple if they brought it back and you had the opportunity? Um, <laughs> do I have to compete against like twelve year olds? No, or? no, no. It's like an adult version. Uh, would you do it? I, I think so. So I have like a general just shyness of being on a game show. But okay. other than that, like I would love to. Like, I would like. I, I wish they would build a theme park with these challenges. I was just going to say, like, if your friend was like, hey, I, I won the lottery. I just built the entire Legends of the Hidden Temple temple to scale yeah. in my backyard. Oh, I'd be there in seconds. Yeah. And simple. I would tell him, like, don't build it in your backyard. This is a money-making opportunity. Like, people would love to do people would love to do Survivor challenges in a theme park. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. People would love to do Legends of the Hidden Temple challenges in a theme park. I don't know why theme parks don't – I mean, probably for copyright purposes – but, like, I've always wanted to try some of the challenges on American Ninja Warrior. There you go. Because I see them, and I'm like, I think I could do that. And then I know, like, no, I would not be able well, to do that. Well, that first thing where you just have to hop along those foam pads, that you could probably do that. I feel like I could. But then when I'm doing it, I'm like, I don't, maybe maybe I would be able to do that. I'm not I'm not sure. Um, Did you ever see the uh, SNL sketch of the – of? Um, oh, I forget who, I forget the name of the actor who does it, but he goes on uh, – American Ninja Warrior and does it really bad. No. Uh, I'll show you later. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We've never seen that. 
Um, and then one thing I, I just wanted to add before we leave is um, this show was actually kind of conceived as like a combination of Jeopardy and Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> Which that's kind of like what it is. I mean, I, I mean, it is loose connections to both. <laughs> I mean, there's no Nazis, uh, you know, an adventurer going through temples and, and, and finding shrines and different idols and stuff like that. And I mean, when it comes to the Jeopardy aspect, you just have to listen for 30 seconds while Olmec tells his story. <laughs> But um, by the way, Olmec, who I said was voiced by D. Bradley Baker, um, he's a very famous uh, voice actor. One thing I know him from is um, he's in Clone Wars. Uh, he voices Captain Rex. Um, but he also was uh, in SpongeBob, and he was in Avatar The Last Airbender. No. Yeah, so that's our connection. What a good connection. Let's, Does it say what he voiced in let's that? Let's see real quick. He was Appa and Momo. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So there's our connection between there is a there is a connection between Avatar: The Last Airbender and Legends of the Hidden Temple. Wow, we didn't even know that till right now. Yeah. It's funny because I actually did remember that D. Bradley Baker was on Avatar, but I completely forgot that because of knowing him from doing Clone Wars. Um, but that's so funny. He did. He's done like he's been in SpongeBob. He's done is Samurai he... Jack. Um, He's had a good voice actor. Fairly Odd Parents, Stuart Little. I mean, yeah, he's been in a whole Danny Phantom. I wonder if he was in SpongeBob. Um, oh, he was a ton of things. Yeah, he's so many different things. But uh, Squilliam, Bubble Bass, some tons, tons of other characters. So, anywho, um, would you recommend Avatar: The Last Airbender? Hundred percent. Would you recommend Legends of the Hidden Temple, the TV show? No. If unless, oh wait, the TV show. The TV I'm, show. I'm sorry, I thought you were gonna say the movie. That's okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, if you saw it as a kid, okay, it's kind of fun to watch episodes again. Okay, uh, the fact that this the quality wasn't great for the YouTube, like it was pretty low definition, right? And <laughs> I mean, you could watch it to see Kirk's, Kirk Fogg's ha uh, hosting ability it was pretty funny. <laughs> he was learning as he went. I, I don't know. There might be there might be better modern game shows. Yeah, that's but true. It's it's not bad. It holds no. up okay. I think, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. And like I said, I'll put links to the, the two episodes we were able to find on YouTube in the show notes in case anybody out there was uh, never seen it and interested in watching it or remember watching it when you were a kid. And you're like, oh, man, I'd love to see that again. Um, and then last but not least, Legends of the Hidden Temple, the TV movie. Only if you're like a huge Legends of the Hidden Temple fan. Yeah. Otherwise, no. Or if somehow your kids watch the game show, like they would probably like it. Yeah, and then you could watch it with him and not be like, you know, like you wouldn't hate it. Yeah, um, you're just kind of going along the ride. It's, it's not a bad movie. So, like, as a person who likes bad movies, like, it's not bad. It's just a kids' movie. No, I wouldn't say it's bad at all. The, the people it's, who made it really it was loved made it. With love. It was made with a it lot has of love. Pretty good production value for like probably a low budget. Yeah, because you can tell there's not many sets. No. There was an obvious scene where they didn't have the budget for CGI, so they showed something happening with shadows. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, stuff like that. They did have a good amount of, uh, like, there were a good amount of people in it for how little oh, scenes there were. Oh, and, and then also, too, real quick, the um, the guy who played Colossus in the X-Men movies, uh, the original Colossus, not the one in Deadpool, but uh, I think his name's something Cudmore. I forget his name. Um, he was in X2, X3, Days of Future Past. Um, he was in it. He, I mean, he's a Hollywood actor who's 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 doing we that. We didn't even say this. The movie adds like, what, to me was like new lore. Oh, completely. That Olmec had two two sons, two one, rival sons, one good and one bad. Yeah, uh, I forgot their names. Uh, 
Thack, Thack was, was the bad. bad one that this actor you were talking yeah. about played. I forget what the stuff the good the good one was. <laughs> it was a weird name. Yeah. It, it sounded like a kind of like a like Thack sounded stereotypically evil. Yeah. The other one sounded stereotypically good. Sure, yeah. So so uh so remember uh, there's going to be a link uh in our show notes uh where you can follow and you can vote for who you think would win Legends of the Hidden Temple Avatar the Last Airbender edition Ang versus Toph, the airbender versus the earthbender. And uh, remember uh, that link that you follow, you can also go to www.whowouldwincast.com slash vote, where you can see uh, thumbnails for all of our episodes that we've ever done, all 110 of them, and you can vote for older episodes as well. So it just doesn't have to be our new episodes. Um, Chris, anything else you want to add before we head out today? Um, did you agree with my recommendations? Yes, okay, I do. Yeah, I Thanks. completely agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, all right, so please remember, as always, to make sure to follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Subscribe and rate wherever you listen to podcasts. And please continue to participate in our show. For the Who'd Win cast, this has been Steve. And this has been Chris. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. The Who Would Win cast is not endorsed by any film or television production companies and is intended for entertainment purposes only. Any and all audio clips are not owned by the Who Would Win cast, and all rights are reserved by the respective copyright holder.